Hi, I'm Jennifer, and welcome back to the Crew of Japan podcast, a weekly podcast where we take you on audio journeys through Japanese culture. Welcome back to our podcast. In this episode, we're going to discuss the age old debate in the anime community of whether you should watch anime in sub or dub. If you're not familiar with the inner workings of the anime community, for years there has been this debate of how anime should be enjoyed. Should you watch it in the original Japanese with subtitles, or should you watch it in dub with your native language? The anime community has been in a frenzy on who is wrong and who is right. We'll go over these ways of watching anime and bring some light into the world of dubbing anime that seems to be overlooked by many within the anime community. By the end of this episode, we hope the community can appreciate all forms of consuming anime and that everyone can enjoy their favorite anime in whatever format they choose. Let's get started. All right, and I am back with the crew. Hey guys. Hey, I'm a mute. Hey, what's up? My bad. Yeah, I was on mute too. <laughs> yeah, well, that was so delayed. What the heck? Yeah. Gotta keep that in there, Nigel. I know, right? Anywho, so, um, <laughs> so I have us talking about anime once again because that's my jam. And today's topic is this age old debate about this sub versus dub anime kind of thing and for our listeners who don't know what in the hell i'm talking about um which i wouldn't blame you um it's this crazy thing so um briefly i'm going to explain sub and dub so sub anime is when an anime has the original japanese audio and you know there is a company that subtitles it um for viewers outside of japan um and then there is dub anime where you take the original um footage of the anime you take the audio out and you replace it with um audio of your native language so for our purposes english um so there won't be any subtitles you'll just be listening to your native language um and for some odd reason the anime fandom has had this debate for quite a while now it seems you know which is better sub versus dub kind of thing and you know short discussion guys in y'all's opinion why do you think there is even such a debate and should there even be a debate honestly no not really a there shouldn't there shouldn't be a debate per se i mean there's always going to be a debate right star wars versus star trek you know like marvel versus dc you know <laughs> There's always going to be yeah. a debate because people want to make it a debate. But I feel like people just consume it however they like it. I mean, who cares? <laughs> like, as long as you're enjoying it, right? So, I mean, that's my personal yeah. stance on yeah. it. Yeah, and, and in terms of personal stance, yeah, I agree. I mean, however you like to consume, you know, something you enjoy, go for it. But as far as why I think there is a debate, you know, I think it comes down to, you know, when people latch on to something that they really like, it is inevitable that when you have a form of like media and then there comes out a more, I guess, natural or authentic way. And and I say authentic, I don't necessarily mean like this is the real way, but more so the, yeah, the, the original way that it was released, 
there becomes like a sect of purist, you know, and uh, yep. Jen, we were talking before the episode and, and you said you don't really even like the word purist because what does it even mean, you know, and yeah, sorry, Jen, I, I think I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> no, 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 but no, I was totally going to anyway. People use that word yeah. and it just drives me nuts because I'm like, shut up. Just what does that even mean? Like, yeah. just stop. <laughs> no. Right. So, yeah, in the end, I feel like it comes from this innate, you know, sense of, well, I consume the media in the way it was intended. And so, therefore, I consume a more pure form of this. And maybe, hey, maybe that's wrong, but I feel like that's what I get from a lot of people. But that's the thing. It's intended... In the in the quote unquote pure way, it's intended for a Japanese audience because it's in Japanese. Whereas for us, honestly, let's let's think about this. All the people who are making this debate and this claiming like sub is the only way to watch anime, I don't know why they're thinking this because anime introduced to Americans to us, it happened on TV. Where oh look at that, it's in dub, like. Dragon Ball Z. Definitely does. Let's go watch yeah. it in. Toonami. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Those early days. Yeah. Toonami. Everything was in dub. When it was introduced. Yeah. It was... But like early 2000s, even the 90s, like TV was a big source for anime for us in the States. The internet really wasn't like super popular just yet or it wasn't like as powerful as it was now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I intro- I got introduced to anime with dub. I, I watched tons of dub back in the day. Um, so I don't I, I, I just don't understand this whole debate. It's really stupid in my opinion. But I understand where it comes from. I really do. And I appreciate the original, you know, subs, I appreciate. Yeah, same. But I pretty much how I consume anime is, you know, if an anime comes out right then and there, and I have the streaming site and I'm able to watch it in sub right then and there, I'll do it. I'll watch it in sub. If, you know, say I don't watch the anime immediately when it comes out and, you know, the dub finally comes out, I'll watch the dub. I don't care. Um, I really, really don't. Um, So I can do either. And like I said in the first episode, you know, my husband, he's a big dubber. He does not watch sub anime at all. So if I want to watch anything with him, which is a rare occurrence, but when it happens, I love it. It has to be in dub. So, I mean, that's just how it is. And honestly, in my opinion and in my experience, sometimes I watch the dub first and sometimes like my husband, he gets in moods for anime. So sometimes he's not in the mood and I am. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to start watching it without you. And so I watch it in sub and I try to switch. Sometimes I can't do it. Because the sub voices just drive me nuts and I can't get used to it. I'm like, oh my God, give me dub again. <laughs> I just I just so want to clarify. You said sometimes uh, he's not in the mood for anime and you are. So are there times Correct. when you are not in the mood for anime? Is that yeah, what that's the suggesting? problem. I'm always in the mood for anime. Okay, yeah, no, right. there's, there's, I, say, I don't have that problem. No way. No <laughs> I thought we way. caught you slipping for a second. I just wanted to verify. No, but so that's that's how I consume anime. You know, how do y'all consume anime? What's y'all's preference? So for me, um, you know, and, and it does not come from the purest aspect, but um, it I, I usually consume it subbed. But for the reason of, I want the immersion aspect of, mm. of sharpening and practicing Japanese. But if I am going to passively just put on an anime in the background, sometimes I'll do dub. 
you know, and it's funny for me, if, if it's a show that I like initially started dubbed, I usually continue it dubbed. Yeah. Uh, if it's a show that I started subbed, I'll continue it subbed. Because yeah. going between them is a little jarring. It me. is. It is. Yeah. It's hard to make that jump. Yeah, exactly. Because you start associating those sounds with those characters and then if they. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember when I first started watching My Hero Academia. I started in dub because yes, my husband was same. like, yes, let's watch it. And I was like, awesome. I finally have a series that you'll watch. And then he stopped and Twitter was going crazy about some kind of like reveal that happened in one of the seasons. I was like, well, I'm not waiting on you. I'm going to continue watching. So I watched sub and I was like, ew, I can't do this. So I had to wait until dub came out. <laughs> See, I, I have, I've actually jumped back and forth between sub and dub for my hero. Wow, Academia. talent. Only because like the subs or the dub stopped and then the mm. subs kept coming out. So I, I just wanted to like watch more. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't have as much of a problem with it. I guess maybe it took me okay. in the beginning, I guess, just getting used to because it, it was different. But yeah, I felt that it wasn't too hard to switch. But I'm, I kind of agree. Like if you start with one, I usually stick with it. Like my, mm. my the Attack on Titan, I usually watch at night before like I go to bed or whatever if I'm doing something. I'll put that on, but I can't, you know, I need that in dub because I don't feel like at night when I'm tired, Yeah, you don't I don't want to read. <laughs> like my yeah. eyes are just not, I just want to like take it in. Even so. when you're like not, not even just like tired, like say like you're eating and you want to watch anime while you're eating, you know, sometimes like you look down to like make sure like you're grabbing like the right food <laughs> and then you're going to miss yeah. the, you're going to, you're going to miss the, the subtitles. So I don't yeah. know. I find that dub anime comes in really good handy sometimes, honestly, it, just saying. Yeah, it does. It does. And there are the purists. And then like, a, I, I do just want to mention briefly that, um, you know, there are people who watch sub for other reasons and I, some, some people just oh, like definitely. it. Like I said, I actually watch it for like Japanese practice. Um, Same. But sometimes I'll Same. go with dub too. So uh, there's there's a lot of people out there, but the debate comes between purists and people who yeah. don't care about that. Now, question. Only one. So this is like a big question. What is your favorite dubbed anime? Dragon Ball Z. Oh, Dragon Ugh. Ball Z for Nigel. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Doug? I was going to say Dragon Ball Z too. Um, just because that was like, that was the first. I mean, you can. That was my first, you know, like my first big one. Oh, I guess Pokemon technically was my first, but um, yeah, I would I'd probably say Dragon Ball Z just because it was such a, played such a pivotal role. Awesome. What's yours, Jen? Well, my first knowing anime, like knowing I was watching anime was Inuyasha and that that dub is just fantastic. I, I I literally cannot watch Inuyasha in sub. Like I've been doing the Yasha Hime in sub, which is the um, new sequel that they have with the kids. But old Inuyasha dub, best thing ever. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> I actually it just you just reminded me of one because thought of Min, Midnight. What was it? Was it Toonami Block? I forget yeah, what it's called. Tsunami. But um. um the night one, Cowboy Bebop was also yep, a really Cowboy good Yep, Cowboy Bebop's dub. a good one. I felt like the characters and the voices just clicked. Yeah. For me, anyway. Netflix adaptation. No, I, haven't I haven't watched, watched it yet. yet. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should do an episode on live action adaptations. Ooh. We could. I mean, I yeah. without like, digressing too much, I've yeah. heard positive <laughs> and negative, more negative than, than Cowboy Bebop, but I'm going to withhold my judgment until I actually watch it because I know, again, 
purists like to pure, you know? That's yeah. fair. So. fair. <laughs> That's fair. fair. Yeah. Well, to help us really, you know, understand the workings of creating dub anime um, and really just giving us like the details on dub anime, um, we had a wonderful interview with Dan Warren. Um, he is he does a bunch of things, but we have him here as our expertise on anime voice acting. Um, his best known role is his work in the popular anime Bleach. Uh, we discussed this in, like I said, season one, uh, The Golden Age. It's part of the big three. Um, he was the voice of Byakuya. Um, so uh, we had the pleasure of sitting down, um, Nigel and I, with Dan, and we had a great conversation on dubbing. So here it is. All right. So today we are with Dan Warren. He is an anime voice actor, but also does video game voice acting and some live action acting as well. Um, and so we brought him here for his expertise specifically on dubbing for anime. Um, hi, Dan. How are you? I am very, very good. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you for joining us so much. We really appreciate uh, you coming onto the podcast and kind of just sharing your experience with us. Well, I appreciate you having me. Yeah. Um, before we kind of jump into everything, can you give maybe our audience a little bit of history about you and who you are? Hmm. The history about me. <laughs> I think that's in a book somewhere. Um, <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh yeah, I, uh, as, as you said, Jennifer, I, I uh, work as a voiceover actor. I work on camera as well. Um, in, in, I've been doing this for 30 plus years. Uh, and I'm so grateful and happy to be able to, to do something that I love and get paid to do it. And half the time be, be able to be like a little kid and get paid to be a little kid uh, with all the different voices and things. So it's just, it's a tremendous, you know, if you can find something you love and get paid for it, it, it ain't a job. Um, and, and that's very much the case here. I'm just so grateful and, and, uh, delighted that I've had the opportunity and continue to, that's the other cool thing about doing voiceover work specifically. Uh, very few people know who you are. You don't get seen that often unless you've got a huge name. Um, and, um, you can keep doing it forever if you want, basically, unless you get worse. And I don't think you would, I would think logically you'd improve over the years, hopefully. <laughs> I'm hoping for that. Well, you're doing a fine job, so. Yeah, agreed. I <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. So before we jump into the main topic, something that we ask all of our guests is to share their connection to New Orleans, if they have one. So um, have you ever been to New Orleans? And if so, what is your fondest, uh, it could be funniest or most unique memory and if you haven't been to New Orleans, when you hear someone say New Orleans, what do you think of? Mardi Gras. There we go. <laughs> okay. But I have that. But I have yeah. been to New Orleans. Um, oh, that's great. There. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, the last time, I think it's the only time I may have passed through once or twice, but I stayed for a weekend for a, an anime convention in 2010, I believe it was. Um, and uh, it was great. We had a wonderful time, except for one small detail on my end. Uh, in the airport on the way to get on the plane to come to <clears throat> New Orleans, I managed somehow to break my toe. Whoa. No. 
I still don't know how it happened. And I didn't know it was broken for sure until I got off of the plane and tried to walk and get picked up and went, oh, this is Oh not my great. gosh. Ah. And, and I called my foot doctor and sent him a picture. You know, I took a picture of it and sent it. He goes, yeah, you broke it. Oh, no. You need to keep it up as much as you can. Stay off of it as much as you can. And don't worry. And I'm like, perfect. Great. Here I am. So um, it, it was, I mean, I made it through. I didn't go on. The, there's a, one of the tours of, uh, of uh, ghost houses or, or, you know, mansions or horrible places that people have killed or died. And I really wanted to go on that, but there was no way I was going to hobble along, (laughs) you know, a thousand feet behind everyone else. So uh, the one thing we did go out looking for and had quite a few of were uh, Zazeracs. have a very, very fond, uh, it still tastes good in my mind and it was great then. So (laughs) anytime I go to New Orleans, I'll be looking around for more Zazeracs because that's a, that's a national drink from New Orleans, I think. That's awesome. <laughs> and to do the ghost tour that you didn't get to do, right? So. Yeah. I know, dude. I, I was so, so disappointed because I really wanted to do that, but I just couldn't do it to everybody else and go, no, wait for me. I'm on <laughs> yeah. crutches. Wait for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, yeah. the ghost tours, uh, they they might seem like something that's like very touristy, but a lot of a lot of local people actually have done ghost tours too. So that's that's a pretty good you know uh, authentic thing that that I don't I don't know if you're like the type of person that's like I don't want to do the most touristy things. Well, no, uh, absolutely, I, that's great. That, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, that's a good choice, and we're so so sad to hear that. Uh, <laughs> the broken, the mysterious broken toe. Uh, <laughs> it's just one. Of, it was so bizarre. Yeah. It's just one of those things. It's like, all right, fine. Here I go. <laughs> do you, Dan, do you remember what anime convention it was in 2010? Um, do you want to give me a name of a couple of them? If you know, I'll know it as soon as I say it. Okay. I, There's an anime convention called MechaCon. Mm-hmm. Go no further. Go no further. It was MechaCon. Oh, wow. Okay. MechaCon? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that was actually my first anime convention. So <laughs> that's interesting. Wait, the, the 2010 one? Yeah, that oh, was wow. my first one. That's wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's really trippy. <laughs> Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon right here. Yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's cool. I'm glad that you were able to come to New Orleans and partly enjoy it. Uh, oh, no, it was, it was a good time. Town. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't do as much as I wanted to do. That was all. But yeah, it yeah. was great. I have only positive memories. That's awesome. Good. Um, so to get into the topic, you know, I want to start off by kind of helping us give the story of, you know, how you started voice acting for anime. Um, you know, what got you interested in even trying voice acting for anime? Because I'm sure you could do other voice acting opportunities instead of anime. Um, so, like, how did you get started, and maybe, like, what was your first role in anime voice acting? Uh, okay, um, I I've always, you know, enjoyed playing around with with accents or silly voices or character voices, and that was just something that I I have a, a little bit of a, an ability to do accents. I can hear things pretty well and and, and repeat them. Um, so that was just part of what I was, you know, what I had carrying around with me, and. Um, I actually, the, I started doing voiceover stuff, but it wasn't specifically anime, but it, this is part of the story. We'll get there. Um, that um, I, I was, there was a company called Miller's Outpost, which was uh, like the precursor to the gap. And they were, they were in a number of States and uh, I ended up being the spokesman for them on camera. And, 
And somebody, and that was for a few years in the early, uh, early eighties. Um, and, uh, like 1980 maybe. Uh, and, um, somebody recommended me to someone else kind of a thing. They said that they liked the work I was doing with the voice. Cause initially I started off as a voiceover job for that, uh, for Miller's Outpost. And then they, they liked me and suddenly I was the on-camera uh, talent and there were a lot of fun spots because it was me and the two cowboys that would always interrupt what I was trying to do and give me a hard time and not realize they were even doing it they were just sincerely a pain and it was so much fun um, so anyway someone recommended me and there was a studio at the time on uh, on sunset called intersound and intersound uh, eventually ended up becoming Saban because uh, Mr. Saban owned Intersound and uh, and they were doing uh, a lot of uh, um, I'm not sure what the genre is, uh, but they were uh, Philippine movies with uh, lots of violence, lots of mystical, weird stuff, uh, you know, 12 headed cannibals cutting off the heads. It was just really weird stuff. And they were looking for people to dub into English. And um, and so I was sent over there and recommended or whatever. And I had no real experience with that. But um with dubbing if i i think i've, I've talked with this uh, talked about this with a lot of uh, my uh, other voiceover folks and and it seems that people that have a musical background because there's a rhythm within that that you're working in that that rhythm translates well to dubbing because you have to have a rhythm and to you know to know when you're coming in kind of a thing oh okay I'll, that's interesting yeah yeah I, but i found that to be true the people that are really good at it seem to either sing or play an instrument um so uh, anyway, after doing some of that, the, the woman that was in charge that had brought me in, uh, her name was uh, Bird Elman. And Bird was just this amazing, such a sweetheart. Um, she was a, a large woman in the sense that she was like 6'3", um, and uh, maybe even taller. She, Bird was tall. And, um, and she had been a Zen monk, oh, and she was wow. just brilliant. <laughs> she was so studied about so many different things, and just, just an amazing woman. Um, but anyway, she, she kind of became my benefactor in, in recommending me for some stuff that they were doing. There was, it was a downstairs studio. There was the upstairs and then he went down the little stairway into this. There's about one, two, three, four, maybe six different studios there down below. And, um, so they were, uh, auditioning for a show called Dog Tanyon and the uh, three Muscahounds. And, uh, that was, it was released in 1981 and, um, the, there were a few people that are still doing this in there, including Cam Clark and, uh, and Dave Mallow. And, uh, oh, gosh, there was just a, a huge amount of folks. Michael Sorich, people that, you know, are, I continue to work with and continue to see. And and I played Rochefort, who was uh, the spy and, uh, and Richelieu's uh, second in command. And so it was just a fun, it was a fun role to do because he was a bad guy and he was a dog. It was fun <laughs> to do the dogs. Um so, so that was where I kind of got started and, uh, and it just kind of grew from there. That's, uh, a lot of stuff happened at Intersound, um, including the Roy Folker, including that. Um, so yeah, Intersound was a very special place and it was crazy. And is this, would this be a time to tell you about how it was back then? Or is there another question that'll lead into that? Or I don't want to. Um, I mean, there's a question for that um, okay, in a bit, but but um, I do kind of want to see like um, where anime came into play for this. Well, um, that was anime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like then you just kind of just decided, you know, anime is like a 
the track for me. I really enjoy doing this kind of thing. Well, and on a couple different levels, um, it was a job, and I'll always say that. Um, it was just <laughs> like, wow, they're paying me to do this. This is so cool. Um, so that was a big part of it, and and it wasn't like I was looking for one particular uh, niche to fall into. I'm, oh, okay. I, I'm still in the same boat that I will always look for other job opportunities to see what else I can do, what else I can play around with. Um, because it's just so much fun to have that many different options. And also the potential of being hired uh, increases quite a bit if you have a lot of different ways that you can be. So, um, so that, was, that was part of it. And, and it was just, it, again, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it's a lot different, as we'll talk about. It's a lot different now than it was then. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily in a bad way. And there's some, some things that are better and some things are like, oh, that's too bad. Oh, well. well, that's awesome. You know, man of many talents. <laughs> yeah, we, we try. Yeah. So, so what were your first impressions of, of anime before actually, I guess, getting that first gig? Um, did you even know what anime was? I, I knew very little. Um, so it, it's it, anime because it has such an incredibly strong fan base. I guess you guys know that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I mean, maybe. Uh, and, and so it's, it's so cool to, to have, kind of an instant feedback sometimes with a fan base if they if you're doing something they like it, it they're very responsive and vice versa but it's uh yeah it's it is a lot of fun um and just being able to to put your voice to to that particular uh animated character knowing you know what what the originally the japanese actor or actress did with it and then trying to kind of match that but also make it your own um it's it's another challenge, but it's just so much fun. That's that's the one of the coolest things is that you get presented a, a creature, a character, a person that you get to inhabit and give a voice to, and it's it's so wonderful to be able to, you know, just pick something and and they like it. It's like wow, I that's cool. I have so much fun. So yeah, I'm I continue to say I'm a very very lucky guy. That's awesome. Um... And, you know, you kind of brought it up, so we'll start with that. Um, when you first started voice acting for anime, you know, what was the process like taking the anime's original Japanese and transforming it into an English-speaking audience kind of medium? Mm -hmm. um, well, there's, there's always the, the, the process would be someone would get the script and adapt the script. And then um, a lot of the times the script adaptations were only so that the mouth might match. And a lot of times they weren't very good. The flaps of the mouth as the actor or actress is talking or the creature or whatever. And so um, there would be somebody, the director would end up having to do rewrites and do changes a lot of the times on the dialogue, sometimes like every single one it seemed like. Wow. Uh, that's, when, that's when it took a long time when it was just like, oh, this is a horrible adaptation. Um, give me a minute, I got to rewrite this. And you just kind of sit in the booth going, hmm, kidding, kidding. <laughs> or and if and you can make suggestions and depending on who you're working with and after a while you know you're good at seeing what might fit there what two words might work that they they've had five syllables for these two flaps and you're like no that 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 no um, so uh, so that was that was fun again I, I say fun a lot don't I isn't that fun <laughs> but um, that's good you have but fun it's true yeah um so so that was the first process so you get the script and almost always we were recording by ourselves that hasn't changed a lot but um at the time there was also opportunities to work together and sometimes occasionally you'd work off of the person that you were having a scene with 
um, but very infrequently, most often, one of you would record it before the other one. And if you're fortunate enough, the, the playing off of it would be hearing what they did and then and then replying to that as your character so that you would have something. But uh, a lot of the time you wouldn't. If it's, it's, a, it's a privilege and a bonus when you actually have another actor to work off of as opposed to just creating what, you know, their vibe is at the moment to, to bring out your own. So, so that was, uh, and that continues to be, like I said, you're almost always recording by yourself. Uh, but back then, the major difference um, is that you had the director and yourself in the room, um, and there were three beeps. You had your headphones on, and you there's three beeps, and then you would start talking on the uh, unheard fourth beep, rhythmically. Beep, 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 talk. So that told you where to come in. But in the beginning, they didn't even have the beeps. So those of us that have been around a while had to just learn to watch the mouth flap and listen to the director and know, okay, you start here, you give a hitch right over there about halfway through the sense. You got a hitch. Okay, good. Now you go that. And then, and so that was, it was, it was more difficult, but at the same time, it was much more beneficial because we became people that were really good at dubbing based on having to, to really break it down instead of having it so easy to go beep 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 oh i talk now cool yeah it's almost uh, like you started on hard mode and now yeah, you're yeah. so good at the game that you know right? you're, you you can play the game now <laughs> big time so so that was just a that was a cool thing to discover and that's when i you know, realized about the the rhythm too because the other people that were really good at it most of them it seems had some kind of musical uh, background yeah, so it sounds like back in the day, um, kind of a lot of reworking of the script then. Yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, sometimes it just had to be because they were in a hurry. They may have got the script out a little late or you know, not as quickly as they needed to, but they needed to get the production. Hurry up. We got to do this. Um, there was a lot of recording going on at that studio, and there were shifts at times that we were working on. Like, they go, oh, you know, we got an opening at 11 o'clock. Can you come in at 11? And I'm talking PM. Oh, wow. <laughs> because they had so many things they wanted to get through. And you'd, you'd see people lying, not, you know, wasted or anything, but just lying on the floor, kind of chilling or talking <laughs> and, and just waiting for their, for their, you know, opportunity to waiting for the studio to open up for them. So somebody else finished their session because they were in such a rush. So it was, it was kind of a trip, uh, but a lot of fun. Yeah, it was did I say fun? <laughs> you, you've really so enjoyed surprised. your career, though. That's great. You know, that's what that tells us. And like you said in the beginning, if you're having fun, you're not really working. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you've you've lived that life. We know for sure that you know. I continue to live that life. Thank you. See, there you go. <laughs> yes. Um, and you've been uh, saying how like the the technical process of recording has evolved, um, like with with the the three beeps and then the fourth silent beep and you know, in, in that process, but you've, you've done anime voice acting in titles as recently as Sword Art Online, the Fate series, mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. So how would you compare working in modern anime voice acting to back when you started in, say, the 80s with, the, um, you know, with Saban mm -hmm. and, and things like Akira and Fist of the North Star and Dragon Ball? Well, I, I think now, uh, there's much more, obviously the technology is caught up, so to speak, in that 
there's a lot of things that could be done in post that couldn't be done before um, as far as fixing a glitch or this or that. Or, oh, you came in a little too soon. Now, uh, let's you know, go back a couple frames. Okay, let's try two frames. Okay, that's good. So they'll fix it sometimes where we would have to in the past, you know, just go, no, you need to do it again. You, they have the capacity. They have the technology. Um to uh, to make it a lot more smooth as far as the recording session itself, I have to tell you. For this, the audience can't see this, but but I don't have my camera on, and it's just the weirdest thing to be looking at two people that are looking at <laughs> not me, but it is they're looking at me on my on my computer screen, like looking at your smiles and go, oh, that's so great, and I go, they they can't see me. Uh, it's a camera issue on my end for anyone listening. Thank you. Oh no, no problem. It's not ego. <laughs> But this this adds to the the voice acting aura, you know, of you being here. We we yeah, just hear definitely. your voices. Yeah, See, I thought you did this for poetic purposes. There's still time. You know, I, I didn't I didn't know it was a. <laughs> There's still time for that. Well, we'll just say you did. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There you, you go. You betcha. <laughs> yeah, you're still you're still having fun even on this interview, you know. So, but but you know that's that's really amazing. So, um, the in filmmaking, I know that some. A very dangerous phrase can be, oh, we'll fix it in post. Hmm. But for voice acting, that's actually something that's been really helpful, it sounds like. Well, it's not something that they have to go away and do. It's right there right. instantaneous. And that's that's kind of the, the difference is we'll fix it in post. Oh, geez, what are we going to do now? Once the, once the actor <laughs> actress is gone, it's like, oh, man, right. we've got a problem um, <laughs> sometimes. So, so in this case, there's very rarely, I think, um, very rarely any activity beyond that to, to fix a problem because the director has such a, an array of, of abilities at their, at their fingertips, so to speak. Wow. To, to fix the problem. Um, yeah. And so when you're recording uh, today, I imagine it's also just much faster of a process as well. Overall. I, I, yeah, I, I would say that's fair. Yeah. I mean, maybe they know more what they want now, more specifically, perhaps. Um, you know, there's been many years now of building a fan base and knowing and understanding what, what people are looking for, or at least thinking they do, and, and putting something out until they find out they don't. Um, hopefully not. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, well, it is a little faster. Um, I, one of the things I, I, I didn't mention, but I want to, um, as far as the, the camaraderie, um, do you guys know what Walla is? I don't. Walla, no. Okay. I don't think I can. Oh, boy. Now lots of people are going to find out. Uh-oh. Um, Walla, Walla is background uh, vocals, background voices. Like if you have a, a scene that's in a cafe or, oh, okay. or the, the, the other other people having dinner, talking over their wine or whatever, mm -hmm. your glasses clinking and different things. Um, that's Foley. That's another thing. But um, Walla is those background voices that you don't necessarily want to focus on, but you know, they're there. So you as a listener and the viewer, you know, hear a little sound in the background. So a lot of times with fight scenes and things like that, there's a lot of people. Um, and, and if it's a cut, if it's a big crowd scene, there's a lot of different wall of things. So what we very rarely do now, I haven't done in years, uh, was we would all, you know, there'd be like three or four of us in the booth at the time. And these would be guys that, you know, I, I did a wall, a lot of wall of for, um, uh, oh my God. Um, I cannot think of the name of it right this second. I am so busted. This is being recorded. <laughs> you guys know that? Can we fix this in post? Can yes. they hear you now? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 
the but the wall of sessions were just it was hard not to just we, we'd all be funny people working together and trying to make each other laugh and and the director would be cracking up and then we you know we got to get this done guys stop just stop and that was <laughs> just the best because it was just riffing with your friends just hanging out and and trying i mean literally just putting your hands over your face to try not to laugh out loud or just it was just the best and there's not a whole lot of that anymore but those are some of my most favorite wow. <laughs> my most favorite times was doing that with people that i really liked um that was just uh just the best Wow, so Walla Walla sessions, huh? Yeah, and the Walla, by the way, I forgot. Thank you. Um, the term Walla comes from uh, at at some point, perhaps originally, they didn't say what they they didn't say anything. They just kind of went Walla 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 Walla. Wow, okay. which sounds like people talking in the background. Yeah. So now you, you, there, each show, each movie, um, there is usually depending on the size of it, but most often there'll be a Walla group that's brought in. To fill in those those spaces or catch a voice that didn't get that didn't get recorded properly there was a problem with the wind on the microphone and they don't want to bring that actor back in and have to pay them a full day's salary so they'll put it into the contract to do it with with a walla or dubbing group so yeah um there's there's a lot to it and and it's also something that you could you know do all your life basically i know people that have been doing it for 30 40 years and making a lot of money doing so um so it's not a terrible thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, sounds, sounds pretty awesome. And, uh, so you, you haven't, uh, you haven't dabbled back into the Walla, Walla sessions. <laughs> not in a long time. I mean, COVID took us out, everybody out of the, you know, the possibility of being in a, in a studio together and it's still slowly coming back, but there's still a lot of protocols and, and everything else. Yeah. Well, um, actually I want to bring it up and I'm sure you get a ton of questions about this all the time, but um, one of your most famous anime roles is Byakuya from Bleach, mm -hmm. which, you know, back in the day when it was, you know, showing on Toonami, you know, I was tuning in every single time um, to watch Bleach. And, you know, but that's the significance of that anime is just astounding mm -hmm. to especially our generation nigel and i's um and you know i just kind of wanted to ask you you know did voicing byakuya give you any like unique experiences in voice acting that you haven't encountered before then i'm trying to think but i, I this was probably the first character that i that i saw people dressing up as i saw people cosplaying and that is and that is a very trippy feeling. Oh, that's awesome. To, yeah. To go, wait a minute. That looks like, oh, wow. <laughs> that's so cool. They like the characters enough to want to look like them. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was, that. I think that's kind of the first time that I'd seen that happen. Um, and it was, it still is, it still blows my mind and it's still nice to, to see that and to know that you you've contributed to something that, that had that positive effect on somebody that want to go out and look like it. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I remember just watching and, you know, I, I still remember to this day that I haven't seen Bleach in like God knows how long, probably the Toonami days of, of mm. old, but like, I still remember your deep voice as Byakuya when you're fighting Ichigo and, uh, just, yes, that's so good. Oh, well, thank Brings you. me joy. Uh, <laughs> Well, that's great. That's uh, we can do that. We're doing our job for sure. Um, but yeah, he's just it, 
the character again, and I love the character because he was, um, he was so cool. He was. He is so cool. I mean, to be that badass and to just be so casual about it and to not yeah. have to get all yeah. in your face or anything. And, and that's one of the fun things in a number of, of, uh, different cons that I've gone to, you know, people will ask me to say something like the Akia and, uh, the Akia. <laughs> I can't even say the name. Good Lord. Sorry, dude. Don't be mad at me. Do not hit me. <laughs> no spell, no cast, no. Um, and uh, just to be able to to say one word and get people to clap, which was not my intent, but it was just, just to be able to, to take a second and go, scatter. Wow. <laughs> and that and, and uh, the whole thing uh, in one of the movies when when he's uh, when he's about to to come into full power and take over the scene um, when he does the uh, uh, Senbon Sakura. Yes. And that, I mean, it, the people are applauding in the theater when they hear that. It's just so bizarre. It's just like, it, it's <laughs> great, but it's like, wow. They really, I, we did good. Yes, we did good. So That's awesome. Especially since Bleach, you know, were, was uh, a long running series at the yeah. time. You know, it kind of felt like it was never going to end almost. And I kind of <laughs> wish it didn't, you know? <laughs> You're probably not alone in that. Yeah. Uh, from my own appearance, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, and I'm sure it's also kind of trippy to hear people emulate your voice and saying like Bianca's like famous mm -hmm. lines. Yeah. Does, does that feel yeah. weird to you when you, you see that? At no, I, I think it's great. It doesn't feel weird to me. It's, uh, it's uh, again, just a, a testament that, that we put a lot of, a lot of work into something and it, and it came out okay. It wasn't just me. It was everyone involved and, and that it, it resonated and continues to. And that's just, that's a great pleasure. Uh, yeah. I have a number of friends. One of my closest friends was, uh, uh, was just a fan, just a fan. Yeah. He said that. <laughs> sure. That was bright. <laughs> When do we edit that out? He didn't I mean didn't, it like I didn't that. Mean it. I didn't, no, 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 no. <laughs> We're all just fans. No, no, no. no. Um, but uh, I met him. Um, he he knew my work from Robotech. And, ah, and, Robotech days. Yeah, and and he's become one of my closest friends. And that was twenty plus years ago. That you know, I was doing a con in in Texas, and and. Uh, and he was there to try to help me, you know, just kind of helping with the con and try to, you know, make my stay there a good time and everything else. Kind of. That's awesome. But yeah. And, and just one of the nicest guys in the world. And, um, so yeah, I just, uh, th there's an amazing fan base. There really is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so just as much as, you know, anime, you've, you've done a lot of work in video games, it seems as well. Right. So mm -hmm. Um, and video games have a huge fan base as well. So, yeah. um, want to take a little bit of time and, and go on a little detour on shedding some light on your, uh, your work doing voice acting for video games. And, um, I guess the first thing is, is the process for voice acting for video games drastically different from that of anime? Not so much. I, I don't think, um, it, it's basically the same in my experience it's it's basically the same setup you're very rarely anyone but just one person in the booth and uh and the director is telling you what's going on. I, I a lot of times there's there's a lot of different battle sequences and things depending on the video that you're the game that you're working on there's a lot of fighting of some kind because i've, I've worked on 
I worked on people fighting for centuries, man. <laughs> centuries. They're still doing it. Um, so uh, that's just one of the major things is you you maybe have a lot of different battle sounds about I'm I just finished a, a portion I'm I'm working on a video game that of course I can't tell you what it is um, of course, of course. Yeah, I, I was I was yeah. on the wire I was like is he going to say what it is like I can say that it's scheduled to come out next year and it's kind of a sequel of something that was a few years back uh, follow up um, there, there is that's as much as there's I your hint there it is tick 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 yeah um, so. Uh, that was uh, again a nice surprise, but there's there were battle sequence there were there were fighting sequences, and you 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 come up with a sequence like takes light damage, takes medium damage, nearly dead, dies. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I mean some, stuff like that, you know, you know, or and then just attitudinal shrugs and come like, huh, uh, well. Hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of there, there's more of that in video games, yeah, most certainly wow. because there's different scenarios that come up depending on who the player chooses or what direction they want to go. So so that's that's a little bit different, and a lot of the battle stuff, because uh, I mean certainly I've I've died a few times in anime. Uh, that, <laughs> that's, that's another story. Um, uh -oh. Now I just. You remember everyone. Each one was equally painful. In a wow. sense, the, the the most painful <laughs> thought was that that it keeps happening. Uh. It's like for for a period of time, it was like everything that I was cast in, the character died shortly, and so it got to the point where I would say, um, "Yeah, quick question: When do I die? What soon? I, you know, you, you start to I have a history. Yeah, you start to wonder: Is this is this personal? Wait, well, exactly. What did I yeah, do? Yeah, yeah right. What, you know, what, Dan, what? you you should maybe start looking at maybe being casted for like romance or school life. You know, something that the characters yeah, don't around. die. Yeah, yeah. Good call. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow wow and and i was looking at your you know your recent work i mean you've done things in video games as uh you know as, as varied as fire emblem to um ace combat you know <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's it's pretty varied you know and uh you know what when it comes to doing the the voice acting what do you I mean, it seems like you've you've done just as much varied things in anime and video games. What would you say you enjoy more about video game voice acting as opposed to anime voice acting? Hmm. Hmm. What do I enjoy more? I don't know if I necessarily enjoy it more, but I enjoy it. Uh, That's fair, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it, it, that challenge that I was just talking about as far as is sounding believable in any battle sequences, sounding believable that, you know, you just got stabbed possibly or got cut on the arm by a sword or a bullet just touch you in the shoulder or whatever it might be, but being able to capture a, a sense of reality, I guess. I think that's, you, you want to be real in whatever you're doing. But, you know, when you say cartoons, people kind of go, oh, cartoons, you. And, and so, <laughs> um, so there is that kind of a stigma attached to it. But um, to, to just, to be able to create the, the emotions and, and the uh, reactions that are believable to someone listening and and obviously they the animation they're going to have it down as far as that goes but just to be able to capture that so that it brings as much reality to it because a lot of the video games are much more reality based or 
uh, based in it. Not all of them, certainly, but there's a lot of stuff that's up to date, war related, uh, different battle things and, and stuff like that. So, um, so just to be able to bring a, a truth to the character and it's not, you know, it's not some actor doing this. It's that's the character. That's what they sound like. That's what they do. So does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's hard to imagine, obviously as someone who's not a voice actor, how you even like visualize that before you have the role and, and make it your own, you know, mm. um, like the, the process of what goes into thinking, okay, this is what it would sound like if this character got stabbed. This is the sound they would make. You know, this is the sound. Right. I just, that's mind blowing to think. Yeah. I, and, and again, the good news is you almost always have a director saying, no, give me a little more or that. Yeah. You know what? Let's try a different sound with that. You know, so you've got a little fine tuning to go on as well as your own uh, you know, in, intention or, or your own thought as to how it might go. But yeah, uh, again, being able to see something played back after you've done it. And it, and it fits and, it, and it's believable. It's just a, really a testament to anybody that's, that's able to do it because it's not easy by no means, but it's so rewarding when you get it right. That's awesome. Yeah. Just one side question before we move on. Uh, is it physically exhausting when you, when you do like these voice acting sessions? Just wondering, you know, uh, totally valid question. Yeah. You, you have to be careful sometimes not to make extra noise and start doing what, what they call Foley, which is a sound effects of, you know, people putting their hand on a table or picking up a glass or, you know, moving around or whatever you, you, you you're not supposed to be doing Foley. You're only supposed to be doing the voiceover stuff. So, um, so that's, that's part of it is just to be aware of that, but jumping around. Yeah. Sometimes it, you know, if you're doing a scene when you're supposed to be running and you, you've got to find a, a way to make it sound that way. And if you're, if you're punching somebody, if as long as there's nobody on either side of you, you can just kind of, it, it naturally happens. You jump around, your body just starts moving with it um, because it's, it's what you would be doing. So yeah, it's pretty funny sometimes to watch voiceover sessions, just to watch the actors or actresses without uh, hearing what they're doing, just to <laughs> look at funny. them. It's pretty entertaining. Yeah. Wow. Well, to get us back onto the track of anime, um, Dan, I have to ask you, as a voice actor, have you ever heard of the sub versus dub debate? Yeah, I, I think one of them, um, it's a six inch sub and the other one is is when they're down <laughs> a little lower in the ground to eat, I think, isn't, am I, am I, am I, am I off? Oh, we have a comedian oh, with God. us. <laughs> I lost control. I live near a subway and I lost control. Um, so I'm guessing you have no idea what I'm talking about. I have every idea what you're talking about. Oh, okay. Um, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, over the years, you know, there's been a fight with the fandom, you know, a lot of people have this sub versus dub war and which is better and how should you watch anime? It's kind of, you know, I think it's ridiculous Yeah. because um, they're, Two completely different things. Well, and and you should watch it any way you damn well please. I exactly. Mean, sorry, and you're <laughs> you're less of a person because you don't want to hear it in English. Yeah, you are. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no. I mean, seriously, that's it's it's a it's a choice. It's an artistic choice for somebody to what they want to watch. I would think, and so I I mean, I would guess that the. The discrepancy is is the people that are into the uh, the subtitled realm um, don't want to take away from the uh, the truth and the beauty of the, the original language and how it works 
and the people that want to dub want to hear it in English. The people that appreciate the dub want to be able to relate to it on a, a language that they know necessarily. Yeah. I mean, that's on a very small level, but that that to me seems like the the main. I, I have no opinion either way as far as one being better than the other. Uh, exactly. I watch I watch subtitled films. I watch subtitled stuff. It, it does seem, and I still I've watched a lot of subtitled anime, um, but I. I um, I feel like I, I, I guess I, I can get distracted watching subtitles. Listen, if I'm in a theater or something, certainly not. But if I'm at home, I can get distracted and miss stuff if it's subtitled. Yeah. Which I wouldn't necessarily miss if I was hearing it. So for me, that's just a silly little sidebar. But um, but yeah, either or. And I've and I've looked at sites periodically. I'll look around just to see what people are saying about stuff and and obviously something I've worked on. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> um, but. Um, not always, but anyway, uh, the, uh, the comments and, and it's just, it's, it's like the left versus the right for lack of a better way. And neither one means anything except that one's this and one's that, um, because the, the arguments it, it is, it's like the purists are, are the subtitled yeah, and yeah. the people that are progressive are the dub titles. Uh, I don't know. I just made that <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like it. It's probably wrong, but I kind of <laughs> like it. So, yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I, I think it's quite accurate, actually. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying one's better over the other. It's what, what you prefer. Uh, it's it's your, your listening time. What do you yeah. like to do? And yeah, if you want to try to convince somebody how good your particular choice is, then invite them to listen to it or watch it and vice versa. I mean, do you feel like people could be missing out on something if they don't? you know, listen to the dub version of an anime? Like, could there be something that they're missing out on that maybe they're just not, like, really seeing or appreciating, but it's, like, there? I That's certainly a valid possibility. I, I don't know if, if that's necessarily something that occurs, but it's certainly a possibility that you miss some of the nuance, perhaps, because you can't catch the nuance in a language you don't speak. Gotcha. Where you could catch the nuance in, in your native language. Uh but beyond that, I, I don't know. Uh, it's it's a it's a crapshoot there either way. <laughs> uh, yeah. Again, it's it's a personal preference thing, I, I believe. Yeah, and you know, in our, our first episode of this season, we actually had a uh, Steve Alpert. I don't know if you, that name rings a bell with you. No, I don't know him. I okay. Don't think. He was a. Sorry, uh, Steve. <laughs> I, I feel yeah. bad already, man. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I mean, if I know you and I forggot, I feel really bad, Steve. Well, he was a um, <laughs> he was a, a former executive of the Studio Ghibli International Division, and um, he one of one of the things that he said, uh, I can't remember which film, but he mentioned that um, they did the dubbed version because he worked, he was heavily involved with doing the dubbing of the films, Studio Ghibli films, and on one of the dubbed films he said Hayao Miyazaki was like that guy who's doing the dub in English he was like that's exactly how the character was supposed to sound he sounds better than the Japanese you mm. know, version of the character oh wow and he's Very like cool. he's like in his head that's that is cool. what I intended <laughs> you know so yeah mm. you know I, I guess you can you can achieve you know the character and, and nail the character in a dub just as well as you could in a sub as well yeah, as long as you have the backstory and understand what's going on sufficiently, yeah, to bring the to bring the full scope of it, because uh, that's so so very important. Right, right. So um, I I asked you, you know, about your your favorite thing about voice acting for video games, and you know, fair enough, you said you didn't know if you had a favorite, but what about favorite thing about voice acting for for anime? Hmm, 
That's a novel question. Let me think. Let me <laughs> yeah, just, think just straight off the dome. Yeah. Freestyle that one. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> one of those. Boom. Um, exactly. I, I'd, probably, I'd probably divide it up a little bit uh, as far as just being number one, no, but maybe top two, top three. Um, yeah. For different reasons. And that's and that's why. Uh, and it, going back to, to Roy Folker and Robotech, or like 85. I think when that first came out, um, but just the, the sincere, the, the fact of being a part of that, uh, bit of anime that was so truthful when so many weren't, as far as what happens with war, what, what people actually die, what, um, you know, that, that whole kind of a concept of being very real to that, to that reality, that it's not just, you know, I shoot as much as I want. Nobody gets hurt, but we win. Um, so for, for my character to die and, and, what was amazing and still continues to, to amaze me is that there have been fans, numbers of fans that have told me that they joined the service because of that character, because of the fact that that character had so much uh, compassion, had had a life rooted in helping other people and, and being courteous and, and caring and, you know, all the things that, that they thought was, was right to support the, the United States, basically. And so... Uh, that just blows my mind to this day that that we were able to capture a character that you know that resonated so much. Yeah. Wow. So that's and, and it was just a it was a great character. So a little short lived in the beginning of the death thing we were talking about earlier. That character. Sorry, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, Byakuya as well, just because it was such a, an iconic character, and and again how much I just love the. Uh, the the soft projection of power it wasn't necessary to yell and scream and you know show you how big i am just don't mess with yes. me it's gonna be a problem you know that kind of a feel uh and that that's just so great and then as i said and then having a you know seeing yeah. people wanting to dress up as the character and i mean there's been a few roy folkers i've seen around too let's be honest um but Biakia is, is a little more striking when you see him walk by <laughs> uh and then, and, and this one is, is a bizarre choice, and this would be the third one just because it was so off of what I normally do, but uh, playing Caster in Fate Zero. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, because that was such a crazy character and just so many uh, ups and downs and demented exactly. and in love and <laughs> crazy and, and a horrible person and creature. And so it was just... I was so jazzed when I got that, you know, when I got that job, I was just like, what really? They want me. That's so great. Because <laughs> when he dies, that whole, the whole dying sequence is just so off the wall. It's just, you know, 170 degrees somewhere going in some direction and just crazed. And that's just, man, to get the, the that's not easy. And so to, to be asked to do that and to pull it off and, and it works, it's like, yeah, that that's just a great pleasure for me. Anytime I can get cast in something that I would not normally do and then can kill a kick it, do it, make it work. That's wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, especially that character. It's so dynamic yeah. and ha features like a lot of things that you have to like kind of work with as a voice actor, I would imagine. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, and even just the, the depth of the, the character and what he's there to do. Uh, you know, what his purpose is, is to help another serial killer learn how to do it better. <laughs> No, you don't have the technique down. Let me work on this with you. And and there's one sequence when he tells the guy to wait uh, before he kills his intended victim. 
because he wants the fear to build a little more. He wants the fear and the, and the tension and the, and the, terror, the, the terror of that individual feeling before he goes and kills him. So it builds. And so he's, no, no, wait. It's like, oh, God, you're just oh, horrible thing. Um, so it's just <laughs> to be able to pull that out and, and make it work again. That's that's one of the, the beauties of being an actor is getting the opportunity to do things like that and not hurt anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And and so those are, those are your three favorites. And you might not have this next one, but what is your least favorite thing about anime voice acting? And it's totally fair if you don't have one because – Remember, you've had a lot of fun in this career. I know you have. I've so had it's, a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, so there might not be a least. Uh, uh, give me a give me a second to think if there is anything that actually falls into that category. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess, and this is not specific to to uh, anime, uh, but specific to working as an actor is. The least favorite thing about it is that you get typecast into specific or specific roles, because oh. specific sometimes too, uh, into you know a, a realm, and people stop looking at you as a possibility for other things. And it can be a lifetime career and make lots and lots of money doing it. For me, I, I am always trying to be able to get something else I can do to, to to play something that I haven't played, to to be able to to tangle with that to to. Uh, bring that out and, and make it something worth listening to or watching. Um, so that's, that would be the only thing that uh, I would say that the least favorite thing is that sometimes you get typecast because you're good at one thing. And so they only think of you in that realm. And that, that like I said, that doesn't just go for voice or voice acting. It's, it's on camera as well. And the other side of that is if you're very good at one thing and you make a lot of money doing it, it's sometimes hard to try to get away from it. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's uh, a little bit of uh, something you can depend on sometimes, <laughs> which is not always happening with an acting career. So being that, you know, you don't want to get typecast, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, you, you don't want in your career. Do you often turn down roles? I, uh, periodically, it is, it depends on the time of the year, the time of my wallet, <laughs> the time of, uh, you know, what's, what's going on, but I, I definitely turn things down usually for lack of a desire to want to do them because they're not something that I want to be yeah. bothered with or that, that I feel I, I want to add my name to. Would I be embarrassed if I saw my name on the credits? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Um, <laughs> that kind of a thing. Um, and I, yeah. And with the audio books that I, that I record, I've, I've turned down a few and usually they're just headed in a direction politically or, uh, excessive religiosity i made that up yeah. <laughs> uh, that that i i don't want to have my name associated with because i don't mm. believe in those the tenets that they're putting out there. Mm. oh that's so. interesting okay um so and yeah you know i guess you just you imagine that when people are offered roles you know they they just take them but you never think okay well you know does this role really fit me as like a person of my morals and beliefs? Well, know? yeah, exactly. I just, I don't have a desire to be, you know, the killer all the time or, the, <laughs> you know, any, any of those things. I mean, sometimes great when it's, when it leads up and it's like, you want to put me on Dexter? Fine. <laughs> I can, I can do that. Is, is um, that a, is that a hint this new season? <laughs> I wish it were. It's a hint to say, whoever's listening to this is in capacity to get me in there. Yes. <laughs> Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's, it, it is, it depends on the, the moment, the content, uh, any number of factors, but yeah, there will be things I'll turn down cause I just don't want to, it's like, no, I don't, I don't need the money for now. Keep it. 
no, but it's good though. I don't feel that you're doing terrible. I just don't want to do it. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You don't want to burn any bridges either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Yeah, that's important. Uh, yeah. It's critical. So last question here. Uh, we've, we've been really enjoying this talk. And I think both of Jen and I, and we know our listeners will have learned a lot about the anime voice acting and video game voice acting. Uh, but for this last mm. question, this last question is is different. They're laughing. <laughs> because it's me. I, we have this running joke for the crew of Japan podcast. We have like a little messaging system oh, yeah. and everyone chooses a series that they want to use as gifts. So Nigel over here has been using Star Wars gifts. Exclusively. Um, we, I, I only exclusively. Use, yes. Um, and our other co-host who's not here today, sadly, um, Doug, he's been using Game of Thrones and I chose Star Trek. What a lovely choice. <laughs> yeah, I thought so indeed, too. Indeed, indeed. And so, and so, you know what? I was going to ask this question but but I think Jennifer should ask this question. <laughs> what? Okay, well, yeah. I mean, I love Star Trek. So we, I am a Trekkie. Mm -hmm. We're all Trekkies. Um, so let's talk. Sure. Star Trek First Contact. Mm -hmm. um, I worked on the film for about a month and a half. And um, on all that time, to be perfectly honest, I'm probably in the movie for about two minutes. It blows my mind. But it's to be on that <laughs> set. How was that? Oh, it was a phenomenal experience. That I, I, as you no doubt saw, I, I played a Borg. Yes. And uh, <laughs> when when we were first getting started, um, Patrick, uh, not Patrick, um, Jonathan, Jonathan Frakes was directing, and and Jonathan would try to call you know because there's a number of us. There were stunt Borgs, and then there were regular Borgs, um, and. Uh, there weren't any Borg stand-ins. Uh, and <laughs> so he would call somebody over and, 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 um, and I just decided to tell him, he says, Oh, oh Borg. Uh, I said, I'm Dan Borg, Dan Borg. <laughs> Dan Borg. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's, you know, he, I became Dan Borg and then other people would be, you know, they, they started using their names, which was awesome. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a great, well, it was, it was quite amazing because usually you get to the set at uh, three 30 in the morning because you need five, approximately five hours of makeup. Oh, yeah, I can imagine, each huh? Day. And it took like two, two and a half hours to get out of it at night. Oh, geez. So it was long, it was long days on the set. Just a, a great experience, though, to be part of that. It was, it was a lot of fun, uh, that being the operative word. And uh, there's, <laughs> there was uh, certainly, I'm still getting residual checks. Yeah, yeah, I bet. So <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, it's one of the most fun things, and and. You know, I had, I remember people at the time that were just so jealous. I had friends, that, you what? No way. No. What? Who do you know? How did you? <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's pretty big deal. Like honest. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it was pretty funny because the final casting session you're in with like producer, director, a couple other people that are, that are behind the desks and, and just talking to him for a minute. And then, and then they were like, um, could you just, um, walk around in a circle, please? <laughs> I'm like okay, <laughs> and found out they were worried that they wanted to make sure that everybody would look good in the costume. They didn't have a big ass, so to speak. Uh, yeah, so they would look like weird as a board. Oh and I, I passed the test. Thank you. Oh, that's um, good. But yeah. uh, that was just that was uh, just a great experience. And I I remember we, even though the, the Borgs didn't speak logically, except our lovely queen Alice, and uh, so that was. That was a fine thing 
just to, to not have to say anything. And it was impossible to be heard anyway, if you could. Uh, <laughs> but that was, uh, that was another intriguing part of it was conveying with all this makeup on trying to convey something that's part of a group, part of a hive, but also try to have a little bit of something that's, that's individual about you. So I had one of my friends that watched the movie, didn't know I was in it and, and called me and said, Hey, I enjoyed what you did in that. And oh, wow. he, before he saw the, he knew it was me. He recognized just, <laughs> That's you know, awesome. and that was, that blew my mind completely. Uh, cause I, I didn't expect that, but, uh, it was, uh, it was a great experience and I'm, I'm delighted that I was good you know, was able to be a part of it. And they actually pulled one of the sequences from that for the new Picard series. They, they had one little board flashback and they just put a little plug. I don't even know how long it was. I didn't what? see it. Oh, wow. But I didn't know that. It, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, need to, I need to find that. I think it's the third or fourth episode of the season of the first nice. season. Wow. Yeah. Were, were um, you, were you in that? Well, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they had a number of different boards they wanted to identify, and I tried to help them figure out who they were, and, and I was one wow. of them, gratefully. <laughs> so that was like, yeah, I know that guy. That's me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it was just, it was a good experience. We got really nice, like, leather, uh, uh, um, Letterman's jackets with Star Trek logo oh, on so them. Cool. It's just beautiful. So yeah, they did, uh, they did as well. Um, and it was, and Jonathan Frakes was just wonderful to work with. That's awesome. He was absolutely just the nicest guy and and he was able to get things done and it was a good experience. So yeah. it is That's awesome. you can confirm it is as fun as it seems to work on a Star Trek movie or show. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I mean it, when it was drinking too much water and you had to run to the bathroom and Yikes. that was not yeah. fun <laughs> because it was a lot of effort to just take care of that. <laughs> uh, that was like, are you seriously? Okay. Can you help me with this? All right. Can we, okay. Cause you, you really, one person couldn't do it. You needed help. <laughs> you needed an assistant. So that was, that was a weird part. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> hell yeah. I'm delighted. <laughs> well, yeah, that question was totally for me. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. my <laughs> listeners. I took you away from anime. I just needed to know yeah. the Trekkie in me needed to know. <laughs> Everyone's like, what does that have to do with Japan again? But, but we nothing. have to know. Absolutely yeah. nothing. <laughs> when were they in Japan? When? Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> Although I've heard Star Trek in uh, Japanese is amazing. So yeah, maybe, maybe there's a little connection there, but <laughs> Well, it's, it's a stretch. Yeah, here's the anecdote on that. Uh, in the 60s, it was a show, uh, Lost in Space, you may have seen. Um, and it was, you know, the typical 19, early 60s uh, production values. And they had a robot that uh, Robbie the Robot. Well, no, it wasn't Robbie. It was just a robot. I forget what his silly name was, but but he would he would whenever there was a problem, he would just say, you know, danger, Will Robinson, danger, danger, Will Robinson. And that was kind of cool. Uh, but then I was at uh, Salton City, which is uh, near Mexico, um, here in California. It's close to Mexico, um, close to the border. And so there were a lot of Spanish channels. And I got to watch it in Spanish. And it was just such an awesome thing to see this guy walking around going, Cuidado, Will Robinson. Cuidado. Cuidado, Will Robinson. <laughs> nice. It was wow. so cool. I was just, I was starting cracking up. I remember that vividly. Wow. Um, That's awesome. So, yeah. But yeah, you check any Lost in Space episode, the robot appears, you'll see what I'm talking about. It's, it was probably a, a, a little person or somebody that wasn't real tall in this costume because it was like vacuum cleaner arms. And, uh, you know, it was it's pretty funny. <laughs> 
Well, that's awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. I mean, that was that was our last question, obviously, but uh, we really enjoyed this interview. Thank Absolutely. you so much for coming on. I I've been telling the guys on the podcast, like I've been wanting to have a voice actor on <laughs> just to talk about voice acting because I do find that's really intriguing and important, especially for the anime community. Um, so I'm really glad you were able to come on. Thank you so much. Oh, no, thank you for having me. Um, uh, it means the world I, to me. Oh, we had a wonderful time. Uh, I had, uh, wait, wait, what is it? Fun. I had fun. <laughs> ah, you had fun. That's great. Uh, awesome. Add, add the crew of Japan to your fun list. Yeah. Yes, yes, I will. <laughs> and uh, great questions, Nigel and Jennifer. Thank you very much for that. Yeah. Is there anything that you could pitch for us? Maybe like things that you're working on that like our listeners can go check out? Uh, well, I've got... As I mentioned, there's there's quite a few books I've re- recorded on, um, out there, uh, audiobooks, and um, one that might be of interest to some of the listeners would be uh, the Ultimate History of Video Games, which I read. Oh, oh wow! And that's a, it's a pretty cool book. There's some interesting stuff in there because uh, yeah, I, I talked to somebody that's very much into it. He says, "Yeah, that's a good book. Good book." And I said, "Oh, good, thank you." Um, but wow, uh, well, there you go. Yeah, but I have close to 200 titles I've recorded of a lot of different. Uh, a lot of different genres and things so if anybody cares to check it out you can listen to samples it's free to listen to samples that's the way it should be with food all the time uh, <laughs> maybe not in the age of covid but yeah maybe yeah. Not. yeah you may be right <laughs> never mind we can edit that in post um <laughs> we got that covered so yeah, oh, yeah. Um, that's i'm i'm very lucky to be able to do that and try to be a little storyteller and and maybe learn a little something too so yeah yeah well thank you for coming on and we really appreciate it and continue continue being you and having fun and doing yes. an awesome job because it's paying off absolutely <laughs> i gotta be me now are you serious Uh-oh. but you it, but remember just like that Yakuya, you know you don't have to technically be mean to be menacing so you know no, I you don't do a really good job yeah, i will not be mean <laughs> <laughs> well like jen said I, I echo it thank you so much for coming on ed you know, we, I think for, for listeners, you know, go, go check out Dan's, you know, resume because there is a good, good chance. If you listen to this podcast, that he has voiced something that you have watched or, or played as a video game or even <laughs> read as a book. So yep. also Dan will be appearing at the Pasadena Comic-Con convention on January 23rd, 2021. So if you're around and in the area, stop by and see the master himself at work yep thank you so much dan for coming on we really appreciate it and keep having fun thank you thank you nigel thank you jennifer this this was indeed fun and i appreciate you making it so easy and um look forward to talking to you again soon And that's it for this week's episode thank you so much for tuning in to the crew of japan podcast In today's episode, we talked about anime, sub versus dub. Which version do you prefer watching, sub or dub? Have you ever watched an anime in dub before? What was your favorite? Share with us on our social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Crew Japan Podcast. That's K-R-E-W-E-O-F-J-A-P-A-N Podcast. While you're there, subscribe and let us know how you're enjoying the podcast. That's it for today. Until next time.